I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, it's Lola Petty Crew and it's a glorious episode. We have a right laugh and... Lola's just got bags of energy and it and it just pours through this episode and uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for you to listen to it. Um, we chat all the usual stuff about records and stuff. We, we also talk about um, the film that um, I first saw uh, Lola in, Dating Amber, which is a wonderful film that I can't recommend enough and, and we, we talk about... Uh, Lots of things in and around that film, uh, and the impact that that had on 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 Lola's life, and it's 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 a really interesting uh, chat. Uh, and before we get on with that chat, just uh, a few thank yous. So I'd like to thank Scroobius Pip and and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Uh, thank you to Seventy Six for producing this podcast, uh, and thank you to you, lovely lot, um, who have continued to support this podcast and help grow it. And you know help put it in a position where I can reach out to incredible people such as Lola and ask them to come and talk about their records in their life so so thank you to you lot um if you'd like to support the podcast then the best ways you can do that is subscribe uh that doesn't cost a bean so go and subscribe um if you see us on the socials we're on all the socials give us a a like love and a share and a retweet all that stuff. Um, if you'd like to get even more content, um, then you can head over to Patreon, where I put up radio shows and video episodes and such, and uh, and you can uh, support me over there. Uh, and this also, I should stress, if this is your first time listening to uh, Off the Beaten Track and you like uh, listening to um, Ace Chats uh, with wonderful. Um, people from the acting community, from music, then then go and have a look in the back catalogue of this podcast because there's over 250 episodes now with people such as Maxine Peake, Joe Hartley, Amanda Abington, uh, Helen Behan, Thomas Turgoose, Michael Smiley, uh, musicians such as oh, Where to Start, Foo Fighters, um, Tommy Lee, Fatboy Slim, uh, Public Enemy. So So go and have a... Go and have a good rummage in the archives and, uh, and and go and get stuck into some other nice chats. And speaking of nice chats, it's time to get on with today's glorious natter uh, with the absolute delight that is Lola Pettigrew. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It's me, Stu Whipping. 
Right, we're recording. Joining me today via the means of Zoom. Hello, Lola. Hi. How are you? I'm good, yeah. Um, same as the last couple of months, you know. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Um, well, before we talk records, like, let's, let's have a chat about the last year. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's unavoidable, them chats. Um, how have you found it as Lola, the person... And mm-hmm. how have you found it as Lola, the, the creative? Um, the first lockdown, um, me and, and Fiona O'Shea, um, who's my best pal, we, we were hiding out in this caravan in, in Wicklow in Ireland. And so we were like literally on the beach. We had all these like country lanes. So we were really lucky. It was quite idyllic. And it was like, like it was actually really nice during that first lockdown to sort of pause Um because I'd been working back to back quite a bit. And then during the second lockdown, I was working. So um, it was kind of weird going from being like completely on pause. And I think I really tried to forgive myself during the first lockdown. I know a lot of people were like, I'm going to write my Hamlet. I was like, I'm going to bake vegan carrot cakes and binge Netflix shows and go for a run if I fancy it. Um yeah, so that's what I did. And I think that's that's really important because I think anybody in the creative industry feels that pressure. I mean, I've spoke to lots and lots of, you know, actors and musicians and producers and such like over the last year. And so many of them was like, well, you know, all of a sudden I wasn't touring, so I just thought I'll write a record. And very few have just gone, oh, I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to just watch some TV and kick back. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. why not? You know, how often is this, well, hopefully it's only going to be a one-off, how often is this going to, you know, happen in, your, in a lifetime where the world stops turning the way it's turning and you can take that that breath and pause and just kind of, I mean, if you reflect, if you know, if you spent any time sort of on reflection or anything like that? Yeah, I think it's been like massively a, a portal year for, for everyone. Like, you know, one minute you're sitting on a sofa binging Tiger King and or whatever it is and then the next minute, like, everything is so existential and you're like gosh you know when the world has completely paused what does it all mean yeah and then go back and you binge the next new Netflix series and you just I just think you know let it happen when it happens and then you know forgive yourself it's it's been a mental year absolutely everyone Lola let's talk records I would like you to tell me the song that you think has the greatest ever intro, please. Uh, Bronski beats Small Town Boy. Right. I'm well old, right? You're still <laughs> basically brand new. How, how, how has that kind of made its way to, like, the greatest intro for you? That come out when I was, like, about <laughs> 10. <laughs> yeah, it was, I think it was, like, 1984 or something that you can thank you, mate. Um, I don't know. I think... I'm not sure where I actually first heard it. I've seen it in cinema and and I've seen it in TV shows. And my dad would have played it. Um, he's great taste in music. And I'm aware that it's like a queer anthem. And so I think it resonates quite a lot for a lot of queer people um, and historically has. And it was actually recently used in It's a Sin, the right. Russell TV series. Um, and I just think that when you hear like those opening notes and then he comes in and he just starts wailing 
there's just something chemical that happens inside me that I'm just like, oh my God, yeah. you want to like dance out pain. And, and, you know, the world was a very different place then when that come out. And, and I honestly think that was probably the first, I'm talking about the music video now. Have you yeah. seen the video? Yeah. So, so, so that video for me as like 10 or 11, however old I was, I'd never really experienced queer culture in any way, shape or form. And, yeah. and that was my introduction to it. And, and straight away, you just, your heart is bleeding for Jimmy Somerville because you just think he's, he's kind of being pulled into this situation. And then, you know, his parents turn their back on him and that bit where like they just put a, like a tenor in his hand or whatever and like oh it's just heart-wrenching and like yeah it was it, you know it, that was such a powerful video when that come out and you know and, and, and rightly so it was used in it's a sin because it would have been you know fast approaching the time when you know all of the stuff that that show was based around was starting to you know really become you know a big big problem in the UK you know yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Did you enjoy it's a sin? Oh, uh, so I I binged it all the first night on all four with my mum, and we were just on the sofa holding hands, just weeping, just weeping. But I think it really struck the balance as well. I mean, obviously, there's so much tragedy there, but I think it really struck beautifully the joy of community that queer people find. And, and the happiness and that sort of chosen family and, and all of the joyful experiences the queer people have. Because I think sometimes in cinema, um, particularly, there's sort of a notion and, and, and a lot of people seem to lean towards more tragedy. I mean, like, not often that you'll see a gay character unless they like die tragically at the end or get beaten up. And so I think it's really important that, you know, we also frame queer people's stories with joy because we're really joyful people and we experience a lot of joyful things and we have a sense of community that a lot of other people don't have and our friendships are truly like family and we help each other figure whatever it is out and so it was really nice to see that joy on television as well yeah yeah it was just wonderful television I like you I just I watched one and I was like I'm not going anywhere I'm like, I'm in there. I've got to do the lot. It was just, it was just so well made. It was just fantastic television. Yeah. Laura, I'm going to take you back um, for track two and I'm going to ask you um, to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. So for this one, um, I picked The Cure, A Ladder to Elise and then I'll talk about Salafine by FK Twigs after. Okay. But... For The Cure, I, I I grew up listening to The Cure. My daddy was a massive fan. And so they were always present and that song was always present. But I remember, I think I was going out with somebody or something, had my heart broken when I was maybe like 13. And I listened to that song again. And it was like that typical like 13-year-old where you're like, I get this now. Man, I get this. It just hits real hard. I understand. He, he wrote this for me. <laughs> yeah, this is for me. And I was like, I remember like lying on my bed, <laughs> playing it and like crying and being like, oh my God, nobody has ever understood this song the way I understand it. <laughs> like, is this what it is? Do you know, I've grown up. Um, but then also, I think the first song that 
I cried the first time I listened to it was FK Twigs and Selfie. I that when that album came out, I was actually going through a breakup and I put the record on and that was just it. It was just the most emotional outpouring of energy that I've ever had in one go. And that song, like honestly, I, I still can't listen to it without crying. I just think it's beautiful. I mean, she sounds like she's crying when she's singing. And it's just punching through everything. It just feels like slices. It's it's stunning. And so if you find yourself in a in, in a situation, not necessarily like a, a breakup, but just, a, you know, if you wake up one day, you're feeling blue and you're having a down day, do you reach for the best of S Club 7 or do you think where's that cure record I'm gonna I'm gonna immerse myself and I'm gonna process this emotion you know do you, do you sling on music that, that kind of sits with the mood I flip flop so I remember my friend it was actually Fionn I was like in my living room and I was really upset and I was crying and I think we were probably listening to FKA Twigs and then I was like, okay, I'm going to get a shower. And then I go into the shower and I just blast Lizzo and dance in the shower. <laughs> Do you know? I really, really flip-flop. But I think, like, that's that's good because they're both great emotional releases. And sometimes I do want to just sit in the darkness and sort of, we love wallowing in our own pain. And sometimes you just want to dance it out. And that's just as great. And I want to just touch on on that Cure track because it's not necessarily the most, commercially known cure track that it was i think it was the third single off of 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 wish and 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 also thanks for saying uh that that your dad was playing it because i remember buying that when it came out so again it's making me feel really old this podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's also one of my favorite cure records i think it's an absolutely beautiful record and, and they rarely play it live when you go and see them and I just think it's a right little hidden treasure so like top yeah. shout on that one mate <laughs> so where, where was home then where, where was the, the the sort of formative years Lola Belfast um West Belfast yeah happy times yeah I mean I I had sort of like an upbringing like everybody else sort of here um I grew up in Balmurphy um and I went to St Dominic's which is on the Falls Road and yeah I I had like a a really really happy childhood I wouldn't I wouldn't really complain about it okay well for track three I'm going to uh stay in the informative years uh and ask you the song that reminds you of your time at school please uh that would be the Veronica's Untouched okay and tell me more about that record and why I think that came out in like 2007 so I was maybe like 12 ish um and it was just it was really really popular and also I think for a lot of people it was maybe sort of like a little queer awakening um yeah the Veronica's were they're like sort of like cult queer um sort of band and obviously with Jessica as well being a, a queer person um, but I remember watching that video and being like, In- interesting, okay, this is, mm-hmm, that's okay. <laughs> and then being like, right, I like women. Um, <laughs> and that if you play that song, those opening notes trigger quite a lot of queer people. And it's just an absolute banger. Yeah. How was school? 
Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of school. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of authority in general. Um, I was. I got good grades. I always got good grades, and I had really class friends. But I just wanted to get out as soon as possible. Did you know what you wanted to be? Yes, I always wanted to be an actress, but I also wanted to be a poet. And I, when I was applying for um, universities, initially I didn't apply for drama school um, because I was afraid that they were going to say no. So I actually applied for English and creative writing. And then my friend Anthony basically gave me a kick up the hole and I applied for my Welsh and then that was it. Was the, the, the you know, the, the creative side of what you wanted to do, was that encouraged by teachers? I'm not by, I wouldn't say by, by certain teachers, there were one or two teachers in school that I adored um, that were really, really um, nourishing. But um, we had, we had STEM subjects pushing us a lot. And, and I think to a certain extent, I get it. Like we were a, you know, working class Catholic girls school in West Belfast. And, you know, they wanted to push people into science and technology and engineering and maths. And that's great. But I was never going to do that. And I think that, yeah, I'm not sure that it was, it was, acting definitely wasn't um, nourished in school. But I had a great relationship with, like, my English teachers and stuff. And in regards to, you know, your, your chosen path, it's it's something that you know that, that that sees a lot of you know eyes on you um would you say you're a confident person no I'm incredibly anxious I've had I've had terrible anxiety since I was about 13 um I got diagnosed with it when I was about 13 when I started having panic attacks and I'm like I suppose I'm like confident in that I don't know. I, I'm, a, I'm an incredibly um, anxious person. I find, like, even going into shops, I, like, rehearse asking for a tennis sprite. <laughs> really? I shouldn't <laughs> laugh. Sorry, I shouldn't <laughs> laugh. That's terrible. But, <clears throat> but are you confident in your abilities, though, when you get on set? Like, oh, yeah. is, is that something, like, where the confidence, you know, is there? It's like, look, I know what I'm doing here and, you know. Without a doubt, absolutely. I think as well, you know, I look quite young. I'm like aware that I play teenagers, but I'm I'm a I'm a 25 year old woman, and and I think sometimes I have to talk very directly so that people don't talk to me like I'm 15 just yeah. because I look like that, you know. Yeah, and also in regards to the, the sort of the the career path that you've chosen, aside from confidence, I'm always interested in in people's drive. Would you say you're very driven? Yeah, hundred percent. Always, 100%. always been driven. Yeah, I like if I have my mindset to something, I'm, I'm going to do that, and and I think that just comes from my parents. Like they were just like it was never a it was never a question to them whether I could or couldn't do it. They they had always said that I would, and so probably just had like a inflated sense of belief because of that i mean what more could you ask from parents that's great right they're the best (laughs) 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, last track really in the formative years. And for track four, I'm going to ask you to tell me the first song you remember buying from a record shop, please. So the first record that I went and physically bought in a shop was a vinyl of Bob Dylan's Bring It All Back Home. And I was obsessed with Maggie's Farm. It really reminds me of my friend Anto, actually, because I think that we heard it. I think I heard it for the first time. There was this vintage shop in Belfast called Big Bang. And if you went upstairs, they had all these secondhand vinyls and lots of books, and they had a sofa. And you were allowed to go up and put on a vinyl, and you could just like leaf through the books and look at everything and talk. And so we used to go and do that. And I think I remember hearing Maggie's farm playing there with my friend Anto and Connor. And Connor started like singing it and we were like dancing around the clothes. Um, so then I went and bought, bought that album. I mean, Lola, this is the one where people generally say something really embarrassing and you've just knocked it out the cool park <laughs> with that one. Fucking hell, Bob Dylan, like first record on vinyl from a vintage shop. Don't get any cooler than that. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you also said that you, you was interested in, in poetry and stuff. So was that something that you, that, that, that kind of attracted you to sort of Dylan and, and, and what he does as well? Massively. I mean, I remember having like notebooks and like my school planner was just like covered in Bob Dylan quotes and pictures and I, I my friend made me like a Bob Dylan bracelet from these beads I was obsessed um still am but I yeah I just I I remember somebody telling me he wrote it's all right ma when he was like 23 and I was like what the fuck we're just spoiling for everybody else man I'm never gonna like I'm I'm past 23 now I'm never gonna write something like that Fuck off. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, just, just talking records as well, um, it sounds like your folks have got, got great taste. Um, what Aside from The Cure, what other sort of records were, were, were on in the house growing up? And, what, and was there always music on in the house growing up? 
Yeah, my daddy's my daddy's obsessed with music, and he has such a varied music taste. Um, and so, like, the, everything was played growing up. We played a lot of like Kylie Minogue, and then he would play The Cure and Oasis and the Stone Roses, and you know, just a little bit of everything. And it was really nice. And I I remember he used to go in. Um, when my daddy was like in work or whatever and I would go in and I'd sneak some of his tapes and then like run into my room and play them and then he'd go looking for the tapes and I'd be sitting there like not a clue in fact I found I stole one of his um cure tapes and I found it recently in my childhood bedroom like <laughs> and I was like, oh gosh oh, was jammed in my old vinyl player which you could also play tape on and I found it jammed in there, and I was like, oh, God, he's probably been looking at years. So that's probably been in there like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, well, well, let's move forwards a little bit now, and uh, I'm going to ask you for track five, Lola, the song that soundtrack, not soundtrack, but soundtracks, I'm going to say, because you're, you're, you're still, you know, young to be, you know, you should be out there and, and, and clubbing, you know, 25's no age to be hanging up your dancing shoes. Oh. Um, the song that soundtracked uh, your years in Clubland, please, Lola. So I said Ariana Grande, Break Free. Mm-hmm. This is always, always played in a gay club, always. And it's just one of those ones that I just have really fond memories. They're just like popping it out with my pals in like Kremlin, which is a gay club in Belfast, or like Boombox or whatever, or, you know, in GAY in London and just having the absolute crack. Um, I'm, I'm a massive Ariana Grande fan. I think she's great. Um, I love pop music. I think she's fantastic. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed. So was there plenty of sort of like gay clubs in the area that you, you know, that you grew up in that were, were you know, accessible? Um, we have a couple in the town. The big one would be Kremlin. There's not really like a lot. It's a very, very small scene in Belfast. And I was never really part of the scene so much. I would go to like Kremlin a lot and, and dance with my pals. But yeah, I think as well, like I was out when I was younger and then I cracked back in the closet and then re-came out sort of with a different word. And yeah, um, so it was always a bit of a, yeah. And so was there plenty of like, these sort of experiences that you, you, you drew from for the, for the film? Oh, the film... Um, is sort of the thing that that helped me come to terms with my sexuality. Really? Yeah. Um, I think that I'd sort of assimilated into heterosexuality in this weird way. And and you know, I dated girls and I'd been with girls and I knew that I, I knew that I liked girls. Um, but I don't know. I suppose it's like it's a lot of entangling, and I, I think I really did that filming and, and the year after. But compulsory heterosexuality is such a thing, and 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 it's so easy to be drawn into it and sort of quiet, quiet in your queerness. Um, but definitely, when I did the film, I realised I'd given Amber and her sexuality all this time. And, and weight and space and I hadn't done that for myself and it was really it was really tough there was a lot of nights crying 
trying to figure out what happened and why. And there was just like an aching sense of like loss. And I'd lost all these years and, and presented myself as something that wasn't authentic or true. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely think that Date Number saved me in a, in a wee way like that. And it's a, it's a beautiful film, Lola. An absolutely wonderful <laughs> film. Um, on a night out now, if you're going out clubbing, what do you want from a night out clubbing, Lola? I just want to mindlessly just, like, dance and shake it all the way. I love dancing. I'm the person that's like, come on out of the smoking area, let's just go and give it. Um, I love dancing, even now, like, in the supermarket because there's no clubs. If I hear a tune, I'm going to dance up and down that bread. <laughs> I'm going to take it where I can get it at the minute. <laughs> Okay, well, look, let's let's take you home for track six. Um, a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. So this is Pillow Queen's Liffey. Great I, shout, by the way. It could have been any Pillow Queen song. I'm obsessed with them. It could have been anything. I actually was on the phone to my friend Fionn, and we were just, like, going back and forth. And then I, I just settled on Liffey. Um, because, I mean, the harmonies in it, the wailing guitar, like the symbols, like it's stunning. The like the religious imagery, oh my gosh. Um, they're so talented. And I've been such a big fan for such a long time. And so they released their debut album this year, and I've just had it on repeat since. So I suppose have you seen them live yet? Or is that I, I guess it's uh, it's still pretty no. I guess no gigs have been happening anyway, have they? So that's uh no, I've tickets to see their live stream at the end of this month, and then I've tickets to see them in the summer in Dublin. But whether or not it goes ahead, I mean, I hope it does. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah. Oh, can you can you imagine how how good like, like I mean, I, I I run a I run a venue. Uh, There's a club and a live venue, and I just can't wait. Just not just to DJ for my own reasons, but just whatever. Bands give out whatever DJs give out. The crowd are gonna just give it back in exactly the same. It's just, I'll just I'm 47 and I'm ridiculously excited about it, Lola. <laughs> so, it's like filling me with the biggest smile because can you imagine all of that energy? It's going to be everybody's going to be the main character that night, and I can't wait. I can't wait to compliment. Every girl I see, I can't wait to argue with men in smoking areas. I can't wait to dance it out on the floor. I'm so excited. <laughs> Did you say everyone's going to be the main character? Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful description. Character. I love that. <laughs> Lola, it's your last song and, uh, and you get to play Tastemaker here. And I'm going to ask you to tell me a song that you think many may not know that you would like them to hear. So this song is by um, Magical Clouds and it's a song called Downtown. And I just think it's beautiful. I just think that the first time I ever heard it, I fell in love with it. And it's a song that um, I can just hear those, the, the opening beat of it and I'll just, it just transports me right to a place. Um, I think the soundscaping, it's gorgeous. Um, yeah, and they're not together anymore. They, I think they disbanded and like, 2016 or something they were together for a really short amount of time but um that whole album are you alone is great 
and and the track you've spoken about um are you are you if you hear a new record and you love it are you one of them people that kind of thinks right i, I don't want to i don't want to spoil this yet i'm just going to kind of drip feed it to myself or are you kind of like me and just think i like this i'm going to listen to it 300 times in a row absolutely <laughs> I, I listen to it absolutely i love making playlists like it's like a little hobby I like making playlists for other people um and i like making playlists for projects that i'm doing and i just like making i like to make a playlist like a month and then that's my playlist for the month and sort of my soundscape for that month um so like i, I love doing stuff like that play a song to death it should be you should grab every little ounce out of it um yeah and you, you yeah i guess well, I mean, you mentioned Spotify playlist there, and what we do also do is put a Spotify playlist together uh, for this podcast, so people can go and listen to uh, all of all of your choices, Lola. But you mentioned something, and you make a, a playlist together for work, um, and I'm always interested to ask um, actors, actresses about this. Like, do you do a playlist for just for something to listen to on the way to it, or do you? create a playlist that you think the character would listen to if it's for work it's it's definitely for that world um for that person for that world for the relationships at the minute I'm, I'm writing something with them um, with my pal and we've created this playlist and I was like throw anything on it because you might think you know it's about this certain relationship and I'll grab something completely different from it and don't think that we sort of have to follow like the same genre or whatever, throw anything in because we're bound to get something from it. But I definitely like, if it's for work, it's, it's about that world. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lola, we're 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 at the beginning of March in in a year that you know everybody's hoping he's going to see some significant change and a and a return to to being able to hug randoms and just get back to you know lots of smiles and 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 dancing and and such. Um, what are you looking forward to from twenty twenty one 
personally and what's coming up professionally? I can't wait to see my granny not through a window and my granddad. I can't wait to hug them and to hold their hands. And I can't wait till it's like socially okay to pat people's dogs again. Because there's just like a weird thing. Obviously, because of COVID, you're not meant to go up and pat random dogs. And my heart is broken. Like like if I think back to all the dogs that I've seen the past year, that I haven't been able to tell that I love them and just pat them. So what would you just stand there and stare at them and freak them out? Do you know? And it's just this aching sense of longing to pat everybody's dogs again. Oh, what a wonderful (laughs) thing to look forward to. (laughs) And what's coming up professionally, Lola? Um, I've got a show coming out in, I think, May. But I'm not, I think I'm not allowed to say anything about it yet. So I'm, I'm not, just in case I get in trouble. Sure. <laughs> and I've got a show coming out probably towards the end of the year. Um, and that's been released. That's um, Anne Boleyn um, for Channel 5. Wonderful. And obviously Bloodlands is on at the moment. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. And well, if people want to keep up to speed uh, with everything you're doing, Lola, where's the best place to keep up? Uh, probably Instagram. Um yeah post stuff on Instagram all the time. I love Instagram. Uh, very Instagram active. Um, yeah. Lola, this has been an absolute joy. Like... Thank you so much. It's been fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, mate. Thank you, Paul. Enjoy the rest of your day. There you go. Told you you'd enjoy that. Oh, how lovely was Lola. What a wicked chat. Um, yeah, solid song choices. Lots of laughs. Some really, really lovely little insights into Lola's life and, and career. Um, huge thanks to Lola for that. Uh, thanks to you lot for listening. And, and as I mentioned at the beginning, continuing to support this podcast. It's an absolute joy doing this. And if you get a fraction of the the joy that I get, you know, recording, uh, listening, then wonderful. My job is done. Um, everything you need to know about this podcast, you can find at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'll see you next time. Be excellent to each other. See you soon. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And... What I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in Southend-on-Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. And in addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. 
What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beaten Track Podcast. It's Off The Beaten Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hey, the